On today's show, I'm going to be talking with Astani. She's got a, a really exciting new album coming out called a Droughts in the Ocean, actually uh, just debuted at the end of January. And it comes on the heels of several releases, uh, Tell Me Why, the title cut, Droughts in the Ocean, and the brand new single, I Sometimes Wish, which has a really heartfelt video. We're going to talk all about that and hopefully uh, her recent move back to Texas. So welcome to the show, Astani. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. If I say that all together, it sounds like you're doing a lot lately. Yeah, it's it's ironic considering that, uh, you know, I've been in L.A. so long and um, I moved back here to or back to Texas. I'm in Austin. And since the release of Droughts, I, I had a, a little arsenal of material that I was waiting for this album to be released. And it just has picked up speed and I'm I'm really really grateful for all the uh, projects that are coming up and all the attention that the album is is receiving so it's it's quite the journey well it's nice to see in this era where people are dropping a lot of singles a lot of times we don't get an entire album out of an artist nowadays so I'm wondering you know what was the inspiration for this you know, you had a very, I think, emotional video for Droughts in the Ocean, which really set the tone. But what's the common theme in this new album? Uh, perseverance and self-reliance, resilience, confidence. An overall theme of the only approval you really need is your own. And, and not to say that you don't, you know, need that support from others. You definitely do. But when you're looking outside of yourself to feel validated, that's where the lines can get crossed. And so I think, again, uh, speaking on COVID and a lot of the time that musicians, especially any career in the arts uh, and careers all over, everything just kind of came to a grinding halt. It allowed a lot of time for self-reflection and where am I going? What am I doing? Who do I want to be? And who am I now? And I was already writing that theme when I was writing R-I-D-I-N-D, when I was writing <laughs> the album. And so COVID just really solidified that for me. And that's mm -hmm. what a lot of the songs emulate. Now, there are some fun songs, too. It's not all self-reflection and this introspective perspective. So, But that's, that's where it, it came from. That's where it stemmed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you do have such a variety, you know, you're rooted in Latin jazz, pop, but you also have some really great, you know, ballads. I think, um, you know, if you talk about going back to the 90s and, you know, Mariah Carey and the power ballads and Tony Braxton, I, I hear a lot of that in your music, too. Yeah, that was a huge uh, influence on me at that time. I love especially Mariah Carey's first album and I think anybody that reflects back on those songs, they're timeless. And granted, you know, they have that 90s feel, but the essence of the song, and I feel like the message is a timeless message, and you can reflect back, and not only is it nostalgic, but it also brings you, you know, that specific emotional uh, spectrum. And I wanted to have a, a ballad that represented that feeling that I was feeling when I would listen to these songs and just the hope that 
what I was going through when I wrote that song that other other people would find um, the song and my lyrics relatable. You know, because I know that loss and grief and uh, you know dealing with those emotions is not a new subject in songwriting. But I, I believe as a songwriter, there's every each and every songwriter has a certain way in which they will convey those emotions, and that's and the way you sing it, and that's how the listener will or will not engage with with that particular song or artist. And I'm I'm very grateful that it feels um, that it's been well received, and just the DMs I've received on I sometimes wish, and and the comparisons, you know, also to that time frame and those great singers. Um, it's it's very humbling and very just. I'm totally totally grateful for all the all the attention and. And the nice, nice uh, comments I received about it. Well, the song I Sometimes Wish, uh, I was reading about on your website, and you were talking, you know, very personally, you know, you really drew from a lot of, you know, grief you've been experiencing the past couple of years. You had a, a really heavy dose of, you know, having to deal with a lot of loss in your life. Yeah, it was. And I, I struggle with putting that out, honestly, on a public platform. My, my social media platforms, I really want to it – it was a fine line. I was finding that silver lining is like, do I put this out there and, and have that as my main – you know, what I was going through, the, all the personal. And I know I want to share personal uh, situations as well, but I felt it was better to – keep it to myself and, and convey it through song. That's the way I was able to cope with it. And it might seem as like, what you, all this happened. And cause I never talked about it uh, online, you know, on my, like I said, on my different social media platforms. Uh, Cause I am a very private person, but it had a, it had a very strong effect on me, obviously, as it did with so many that lost, so many you know these last few years especially through um everything that the world collectively has gone through and i took a break and i I pushed through um as we all have and as we all have to do but it was it was difficult it was hard and that is one of the reasons why i moved to be quite honest i felt that my outlook had become the constant grind, the constant hustle, you know, the next single, the next, maybe this is the one, maybe this is the one. And, and who can I, you know, you get into that uh, circle of how, how can I make it whatever it is, you know, and I didn't get out of that mentally for a long time, that, that constant running, you know, and I felt I needed a break after all of these, um, things had happened, these, this per, these personal losses, uh, I needed to step back, reevaluate what's important, what's truly important in my life, what brings me authentic joy, uh, what I reflect on, and how I can just stop and really look around and be grateful for the moment, not what's going to happen tomorrow, who's the next person I'm, I can meet to hear this music, whatever you know, fill in the blank to 
get you or get me to whatever level I thought was going to be successful, I find moving back here to Austin and being a little in, in a much calmer, serene environment for my mental state uh, that, you know, success for me is being happy. And that sounds cliche, um, but just being very grateful in the moment, in the smaller moments, instead of always working from a space that's outside this moment, because we don't know when the last one is coming. And I think that was a big one that um, really, really put me in my place, to be quite honest, with the loss that had come in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people, when there's, you know, important moments in their life, there's like a song that gets them through it. And it could be, you know, something happy, you know, falling in love. And, you know, you have your song with that person. But it can also be, you know, during a breakup or during a loss. And it seems like, you know, I sometimes wish I could see a lot of people that being their song to get them through a loss. Yeah, I... I, like I said, that's what's really, like, touched me the most is I'm getting, you know, this, the videos on YouTube right now, and even the last two days, like, I see these comments, and, and I don't know, I don't know them, and just to see that really is so, the, the, the feeling that you, and, and again, it might sound like a cliche statement, but to, it, it is so true, even that one person, and when you don't know who they, of course, when you know who they are, that's as just as valid and you're so grateful that your friends and your peers and um, family love the song, but these are people I don't know. And I, there was a comment yesterday that said something along the lines of someone sent this to me and we have a lot of, I wish back and forth and I've lost this person essentially. And this is beautiful to hear this song. And another person said, this has helped me. I miss, I miss this person so much. It was another comment, and this song has really helped me through. And those things, you can't, you can't put a price on that. You know, you, I can't – the sentiment behind those words, they don't have to write that, even though it's like, you know, a minute of – I'm going to leave a comment on here. Just to put that on a public platform and so kind and a heartfelt, emotional – to somebody else is, is something, like I said, that can't be replaced. And it just, it's a, it's a really, really nice feeling to know that your, your words have touched somebody and, and your music in that way. Well, well, do you think with this latest single and the entire album <laughs> that this has brought your songwriting to a new level? Yes, it definitely has. And I, and I will say with Drops in the Ocean, uh, that was one that, I feel had set the tone for the album. Um, I was going through some personal work-related issues, honestly, with, um, you know, who am, in, in terms of, like, my identity as not only as a songwriter or a singer, just, like, how I was viewed as a woman working in this industry and whether it was with the collective musicians that I would work with or at a, you know, on the local level or a a bigger level, whatever the case may be, I I started seeing this perception of myself, as odd as that sounds, that wasn't true to who I really was, I felt. And I 
I really wanted to make a song that was representative of what I of, and what I was feeling. And I, I work with vocalists as well. I'm a vocal coach. And these vocalists, females, were are, are big influencers on Instagram. And I had heard their struggles and strife as well. Of course, there are achievements and successes, but there was a commonality there with the perception of who you are or who people think you are and how they can talk to you and how they can treat you and who you really are and, and those moments where do I – do I say something? Should I just let this go? You know, you question certain moments that, you know, right away instinctively you're like, that wasn't right. And, and no, some people will speak up and say, you know, make a big, I don't want to say make a big deal, make their stance known. But there's times when I, for myself, was dealing with, you know what, I'm not going to say anything about that. It's fine. I'll just let it go. And there was a situation that happened that I decided, this was in 2018, I'm not working like this anymore I'm not I'm gonna make a, a very sharp cut in a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of situations that I'm putting myself in and I'm creating these uh, situations for myself I had to look at myself as well and Droughts in the Ocean was a catalyst for me um, in terms of like writing about that you know uh, the metaphor was on the outside everything looks great everything seems as if it's going really well, whatever that great thing is for you. But on the inside, you're feeling empty. You're feeling like second guessing, insecure, uh, questioning, all those things. But on the outside, you're not letting that show and everything looks great. And so that, that was um, a defining moment for me. And then from there, you know, writing, tell me why. uh, And that was a big, 2020 theme for myself, seeing all the different movements from um, Black Lives Matter to LGBTQ, um, the immigration uh, struggle that was happening at that time, which still is, all these things that you feel powerless and helpless and the divisiveness that was happening and how how are we going to fix this um, and I wanted to write about it. And there again, I didn't want to make it a pushing an agenda on somebody, but it was just, I wanted to be a little more thought provoking and just see how one individual in ourselves, how can we be the best person and let a lot of things go. You know, we take things. So we take ourselves way too seriously. I think sometimes including Mm -hmm. myself. So um, yeah, I, I apologize for the really long uh, explanation, <laughs> but that was something that I really wanted to like touch upon. Cause yeah, it was, um, drops in the ocean, the album, there is a through line with the songwriting and I feel like it has been elevated and I'm, I'm grateful for that for myself. And I'm grateful that you asked that question. <laughs> well, does it feel like if you feel stuck and, and you're, you're just kind of not moving left or right, you're, you're just kind of, you know, thinking, okay, what's my next decision here? And for good or bad, you finally make a decision. And for you, it was, you know, moving back to Texas, moving to Austin. Seems like there's some power to that. For better or for worse, you just make a decision and then realize, wow, this is, this is even better. You know, why was I so frightened? Why didn't I take action earlier? Oh, definitely. Oh, my gosh. That's like, that should be a mantra because I'm going to that all the time <laughs> in terms of, you know, um, 
standing on the precipice of indecision and going, okay, which way to go? And I'm the type of person where I can see all the pros and all the cons, and I will sit there and vacillate, you know, and, and not making a decision is, in fact, a decision. So that is also, that was always something in my mind, okay, I can sit here and let another however many moments go by, um, and then here I am still, you know. And it was one of those decisions that was based largely on intuition, and I am the type of person that does not, I cannot mix the two because I will, logically, I will stumble upon my words. If I try to articulate my emotional gut feeling about something, it does not come across (laughs) as well as what I am feeling. So the move Mm -hmm. to Austin was honestly a very quick emotional feeling. It was just a gut instinct, like it's time. And as much as I tried Mm -hmm. to put it on the back burner and say, "Mm," you know, my logic, I would start thinking with my head and go, yeah, you don't have, you know, X, Y, Z put in place yet. You know, it's, it's like when I had my daughter, people always say, you know, oh my gosh, you know, um, have a plan, have all these things set up, you know, with, when people want to have kids or people want to buy their first house, they want to have all their ducks in a row. And sometimes, you know, you can have everything so perfect and it still doesn't work out the way you expect it. I won't say it doesn't work out for you, but there's going to be little kinks and obstacles and, that's part of the journey of overcoming, right? So I um, could not shake this feeling of like, it's time to go. It's time to go. And within a couple of months, um, you know, I have close friends in LA that still are in awe. Like how, why, what, how did you do that? (laughs) You know, I left uh, everything and I thought it's, it's time. And do I miss LA? Am I nostalgic about it? Of course I am. And it's, I will say the one thing that's a little more difficult that I didn't take into account, and but it's just me having to push myself, as I always have, is the connections. You know, you get, I realized how many connections, because I was there for so long. And it's just about making new connections, And but I, I really enjoy that, finding new opportunities, meeting new people, branching out. And uh, it's it's been, you know, it hasn't been without its, obstacles but it's it's still a decision that I am glad I made but yes it was it was very hard I won't and at the at the end of it when I was actually in it doing it I was going oh my gosh it's you know it's that nervous excitement it's not anxiety it's I like to switch it up with like oh my god like when you're at the top of the roller coaster and you're like oh my god can I get out of this no I can't okay here we go (laughs) kind of go down and it's all good so that's that's where I am it's been a it's it was a great choice. Well, does it feel like home, you know, going back to Texas? I don't know if you're from Austin, but just, you know, going back to your home state, do you feel like this is the time in your life when you really want to reconnect with your roots? I do. It does. I'm originally from San Antonio. So I'm about an hour and a half away from San Antonio. It does in the sense of a lot I appreciate a lot more now than I did before my like my how I grew up in the sense of the environment and the pace and the space um did more with my family which has been great we just celebrated my 
grandma's 87th birthday yesterday. So I, it's nice that I can just drive over there now instead of saying, okay, let me try and make flights so I can get there. No, I can't. <laughs> Those little things are, are wonderful. I do feel, though, that this isn't, this isn't the uh, – how can I put it? This isn't where I'm going to uh, – yeah, my roots are here, but I'm not here. This isn't the end all, meaning, okay, I'm here in Texas, and this is where I'm – I'm going to stay. I do feel if I talk about intuition that this is uh, another nice stop for a while, but uh, there, there's other things on the horizon. I don't know. Maybe Europe, maybe other other places where I might live and, and travel, but this is very nice. And to connect with my family, and I've connected with friends. I, you know, somebody from second grade reached out to me. Oh, you're back. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, over Facebook, over um, so that's been nice to see, you know, people from high school and that I, I didn't, haven't seen in, in a long time and, and just finding a bigger community out here in Texas. And, uh, it's familiar and familiar is, you know, we, we like them. Every, we like familiar. I think all of us, um, I go back to LA and now I feel, I just got back a week, no, yeah, about a week ago. And just to be back there again felt it was like, oh, okay. I remember why I was out here for many, 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 many years. It, w- it was nice to be away for a while and, and go back with that that feeling of, of gratitude. Well, it sounds like Texas is your place where you're now, you know, recharging your batteries, you know, re- re- reconnect Definitely. with the roots. But it, but it seems like sometimes we need that, like that little oasis, almost like, you know, our comfortable space to kind of reassess so it sounds like you're you're kind of taking advantage of hey let, let me let me take a little break here and figure out the next five years of my life and career. That that is so true. Could not have said it better. It's exactly what I feel coming back here. That's it's exactly what I had in mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, coming back to Texas and and Austin was to. Yeah, exactly. Recharge, reassess, and and have a break, but a break with enjoyment. Like, really, like I said before, appreciating where I've been, what I've done, where I am now, and being in this space to assess where I'm going. It's difficult. It became, it was, it was becoming difficult for me to assess the next steps when I was constantly in that state of going, going, going. I couldn't stop and really, really see where my soul wants to go, not where my ego is, or not where, like, the next, what, like I said before, whatever the next big thing was, where I, what would really, really make me happy, where I would feel the most um, gratitude. And this mm-hmm. has been a place, to really help me see that. And, and I, I love it really right now. It's still a place of, like you said, an oasis. It's a nice place, beautiful place to recharge. And I don't know if you've been to Austin, but there's lakes and rivers and green belts and hiking. And I can go on a kayak about 10 minutes away and I can, you know, they have uh, Barton Springs. It's a beautiful uh, aquifer pool. It, it, it's just so many nice, wonderful nature oriented uh, things that I can do here and that it just really clear my head. So it's great. It's been wonderful. 
Well, one of the songs on your album is called Tell Me Why, and you recorded both an English and Spanish version, which I, which I love. And uh, one thing I'm wondering is reading in your bio, I know you uh, have Mexican heritage, and I know you do, you know, Latin jazz. Where are you at with that? Because I know there's such a big Spanish language market around the world, and even, you know, in California and Texas, you know, great Spanish radio stations. And how how are you on, on, on your path of, you know, you you could, you know, just record in English, but there's such, you know, this big part of your heritage. Is that something you're exploring now, thinking, hmm, you know, I could do a whole Spanish language album or, you know, what's calling to you there right now? Oh, definitely, definitely. I, this is such a great uh, such a great question because just the other day when I was in Los Angeles, I received a text uh, to sing with, to record with a mariachi. And that's, I have done that for, I've sung live with mariachi for many, many years. And that is something, my grandmother was a mariachi singer and here in, in San Antonio and toured around the Southwest a long time ago. But I definitely want to do that. I was just talking about that uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. But my, I'm still in that questionable, I don't want to say realm, state, I guess, of, you know, I hear a lot of what is your, what, what do you represent? What is your genre? What music style are people going to identify you with? And that is a plausible question, but it also irritates me a little bit because I want to be that person that is a representation of why can't I be she does multi-genre music, that's it. And somebody just told me this morning there's a name for it now, and now he's going to be so upset. He's, he's, listening, he's going to listen to this podcast, and he goes, say this there's like a specific name for when you cover many genres I can't remember but that's where I get a little hesitant because I would love to make a mariachi album this is just one part of my heritage Um, I've made Tejano music because I grew up listening to that more so my grandmother and my aunt I didn't I can honestly say I wasn't somebody who embraced it as a kid because when you're young and you hear it around the house you you want to hear your pop whatever is current on the radio for you so at the time, like, uh, but when you hear it again, it's nostalgic. Oh, I love that music now. And that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. But I still, like I said, go, oh, is this going to be well received? Am I going to be questioned as like, why did you do this neo soul, uh, you know, jazz album, Drops in the Ocean? Now you're doing a mariachi album and I, I've written actually for vocalists I've written some mariachi songs and produced them for other vocalists so that might that's something that probably people don't know but I I would love to and that's something that I I always use uh, Linda Ronstadt as my example and say well she did it you know what I, I was and thinking the exact same thing when you were talking she's that, that's a perfect example yeah yeah, and the difference is, yes, she had Electra records to back her. I get it. But what I, it doesn't matter because her voice was authentic to each genre. It didn't sound like she was trying to make it work. And, and people will follow that, just your authenticity. I don't believe it's, you know, and I, I'm writing these songs. So I, and 
Linda just has such a connection with anything she's saying from jazz to rock in the 70s, from country to um, the mariachi, Canciones de Mi Padre. And that was like one of the mm-hmm. biggest mariachi song, uh, albums of all time. So I, yeah. I, I hesitate to agree with people when they say like, no, you have to have a genre that people identify with. And, you know, I just keep walking to the beat of my own drum and hopefully there's going to be people that like that beat that walk with me. Right. I think the tough part is record labels, you know, they want to say, okay, what category do we put you in at the record store? And then, you know, radio people say, okay, what radio station will this go on? You know, there's that practical side, but then as a vocalist, you're saying, well, you're versatile. You know, some people can sing Broadway, then go back and sing pop music and then do a dance hit, you know. That's what's so tough is having so many opportunities and it seems like for you being, you know, an out there upfront vocalist, you really are that versatile. You could sing so many different genres. Yeah, and, and like you said, that's that's what I'm coming up against to be yeah, to be quite honest, is where do you fall? Where where are we gonna place this song? And then, you know, it's okay, we love Tell Me Why, for example. This is great. This is a genre infused these are things I've, I've read that have been written. People really love that song, and uh, it's, it represents a lot of different elements of music wrapped into one. But it would be nothing – there is no similarity to, let's say, a, a Volver, Volver, which is a famous mariachi song. You know, and so that would present that exactly what you're saying, that practicality of we just – pushed this genre this is you why why now are you going into this when you know i'm not a recognizably known world name yet (laughs) i'm not linda ronstadt where people go well let's see in terms of the name recognition let's see what she how does this sound okay well we love her already that's not you know it's a struggle when you're an independent artist and making a name for yourself you know that that name comes with a specific sound and when your sound is non-specific I understand that I understand both sides so it's it's a constant question for me you know where am I going to go next because I uh, being in Los Angeles you know I sang salsa for many years and that was not my background and this is just another example you know and I think a lot of the Puerto Ricans or Cubans that I sang with were probably like what is this Mexican white girl singing half Mexican half you know singing this Cuban salsa and I and uh you know she's gonna need you know I fortunately I had a lot of musicians helping me with the rhythm and the sound and you know the how to sing the soneos and all that stuff but the I fell in love with the music and there's been many times in my mind I wrote salsa songs I wrote uh you know different songs that emulated that style but is that what I want to be is that where I'm going to identify myself as a singer is that one style of many so kind of went out on a tangent with that one for a second but the point is I love that style too I love Mm -hmm. the Latin music that I sang for so long in Los Angeles and it was primarily um, Latin jazz or salsa that was the kind of music that was represented when I was singing in LA and I question myself do I do that because I love that music do I do mariachi do I do stick with 
a tell me why type vibe or a drops in the ocean. So, um, yeah, there is that practicality. Well, well, it sounds like Austin will be the place for you to explore that more. But I think the thing I, I've gotten out of, you know, watching a lot of your videos and hearing your music is, you know, you're very much a live singer. You know, you make great recordings, but no matter what you do, you know, you're there for that live performance, which I think sets you apart. I mean, there's a lot of good singers out there, but there's something very special about someone who can tour and just produce, you know, stellar performances night after night. Yes, thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's that performance aspect as well that you you have to, you know, be able to deliver. And I love the fact that there's been over the years so many opportunities that I can perform my original material because it's hard. I commend anybody who is pushing their original music, not or even, you know, you get a cover gig because that's, you know, when you're a local singer in whatever city, that's what people, for the most part, hire you for, are the cover, the corporate events or cover gigs. But when you can put that one thing, that one original in that set of covers, or those two originals, and to see the, uh, the reaction of the crowd and, also to be able to have those shows that is all original music because you have to sell tickets. You know that the, your band is going to want to be paid. And most likely a lot of times the person at the front, the person who wrote the music, the artist at the local level, you won't get paid because you need to bring in those people that are going to, you know, you have to pay the door and pay the musicians and it, you have to do it because you, you absolutely love it. And it's a passion that, isn't yes you want to make money and that's why we, we would love to make money but at the end of the day you can't not do it you can't imagine your life without it and so anybody out there that's performing their live original material that's an independent artist and not only you know putting it out on spotify but is out there grinding and saying like you know pounding the pavement getting the next gig and getting anybody you can to hear that that live set over and over not just once you know here's another Another show, uh, I have a, I don't want to say a problem. I, I get nervous that I'm like, oh, am I going to be, you know, these, this person has seen my last three live shows. Should I ask them again to come to the next one? You know, sometimes you get like that feeling of, oh, here comes another one. Do they want to see it again? But you have to. You have to keep putting yourself out there. And the live experience, there's nothing like it. And like I said, I just commend anybody who's doing it, who's putting themselves out there. And I'm glad I am. I'm able to do it still, and um, I'm, I just feel blessed to be able to to have those live shows um, and have people come and still want to hear them and, and, you know, hear what I'm doing now and hear what I, what's coming up and all that great stuff. So it's, it's, it's wonderful, and thank you for that. Well, out of all the songs you've written, what's your favorite to perform live? Mm. Oh my gosh, you're, mm. there's a couple of favorites. <laughs> um, I love, tell me why, I have to say, is my favorite. I, I have another one, though, that is right up there, uh, Fire and Ice. Whenever I perform 
gosh, I don't know. Now I'm thinking, well, Mr. Personality, oh, my gosh. You're, um, I mean, I'm thinking about the response that I get from the crowd when I sing those songs. Um, I'll, I'll leave it really easy right now because obviously I'm a talker. I'll say, tell me why. I love, I love performing that song. <laughs> it's a great crowd. Excellent. <laughs> and, people, and people can check that out on YouTube, too. Well, before we wrap up, um, I, I want to make sure people can find you, you know, hear you on YouTube. I, I definitely, you know, encourage people to do, but uh, where can they find you and learn more about you? Um, my website, astaniprizel.com. I also just go, all my music is just Astani, so you can find me under Astani. Um, my Instagram is Astani Frizzell. Um, gosh, my website, yeah, and, and, on Spotify, I'm Astani. On all digital distribution music services, it's just Astani. Um, so either Astani Frizzell or Astani, you'll find me. And that's two Zs and two Ls. Some people say Miss Frizzle, and I'm like, I wish I had my magic school bus. It would be a lot easier, but no. Astani <laughs> <laughs> Frizzell. Well, 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 yeah, yeah. So start at your website and then get the links to the YouTube videos. Well, as we wrap up, you know, one thing that's also very special about you is you're very nurturing to other singers, and, you know, you, you share your, your gift and your expertise. And I'm just wondering, for young women especially who are starting out in singing and, you know, maybe they're out of high school and say, okay, I'm going to go for it. I want to be a professional singer, perform live. What's your number one advice for them? to keep to, to just start just do it i i have so many vocalists who, who do get nervous and i put on two showcases a year before covid just start it just go out wherever you can and even if it's a cover even if it's karaoke just start getting out there and the nerves will subside the the pressure to be what you're seeing, you know, on all over social media, that it it will dissipate and it will be authentic, being authentically you. <clears throat> Let's just say that, not trying to emulate someone else. I'll, I'll and and that happens through performance. You find who you are. That happens through that live performance. Um, that would be my one take. Find who you are. What is going to make you, not how you can sing or all your runs or how powerful or not your voice is what is going to make people respond to you to how you uh, feel the song you as a person you as how you're you know emanating that aura that you have just what is special about you and your voice and how you connect with those lyrics that's my that's my main advice to young singers that come to me. And what do you think is the most special thing about your voice? Hmm. A light question to end I, things with. <laughs> yeah, this is a very thought-provoking question. <laughs> I feel very... Um, I would like to think I sing with a lot of emotion because I feel very greatly what I sing and regardless that like I said before range uh, all that stuff kind of goes out the window when somebody can feel 
what you feel, I think that's, I like to think that I have that, um, that I'm a very feeling singer when I, when I sing my, my songs and that you can hear it in my voice. I like that. Well, her name is Astani. The latest album is Droughts in the Ocean. The latest single is I Sometimes Wish, and I really encourage everyone to go on YouTube and hear that song and, and share it with someone who might be you know, going through a loss. I, I think you have a lot of healing power in your music, and I uh, really appreciate you sharing all this with us. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm so appreciative you all had me today, and thank you for such wonderful questions that really had me thinking, too. That's, that's a great thing. Thank you.